Now I have you in 1 Samuel chapter 22 because that's where we're going to draw our text. But just to build a foundation, I want to read uh, this scripture to you. Jesus makes a startling statement in the book of John. He says this in John 16, 33. Write it on your notes. You can read it when you get home. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Here on earth. Now this is, uh, you ever see one of those magnets uh, that... uh, uh, People, it's like a little bear, uh, and it says, um, love bears all fruit or something like that. There's little cute magnets and sayings. This is not one of the verses that people put on their their refrigerator. Uh, Here in this world, you're going to have a lot of problems. But I think that it's important for us to know that Jesus told us, promised us, that this was going to happen. We need to know that. Otherwise, we're going to think that we're doing something wrong. Um, As long as we are on this earth, we are going to have trials and sorrows. I looked up those words uh, just so um, it could be a little bit more palatable. Trials is problems, inconveniences, thorn in one side. Problems. You're going to have these sorrows. Deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or other misfortune. Jesus is saying, you're going to have a lot of this. How encouraging is that? Doesn't it feel good to come to church and have the preacher say, you're going to have a lot of problems, folks. You don't get a lot of amens. And man, this is a great sermon. But you're going to have a lot of them. But then he, he says something else, just the, the chapter previous, that a lot of times when we're in the middle of trouble and problems, uh, we forget uh, that Jesus said something extremely important uh, about the productivity of our life in the middle of problems. It says this in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is, if you take those two verses and you put them together, this is what Jesus is saying. So long as you are on this earth, everyone take your foot and just kind of tap it. As long as you're here, you're going to have trouble and you're going to have problems. But if you stay connected to me, in spite of of the fact that you're going to have trouble, you're going to be incredibly productive. Now, if you disconnect from me, if the problems consume you and you disconnect from me, you're not going to be productive at all. The only thing that's going to happen is we're just going to live a life full of problems and stress and sorrow and regret, and regret. 
And so Jesus is saying, look, stay connected to me. You're going to be very productive and you're going to make hell mad. There's nothing more furious. Uh, there's nothing that causes hell to be more mad than to see the person that they're attacking be fruitful. You know, I, I used to, I'm a basketball fan, and uh, I didn't enjoy Michael Jordan until the later, last part of his career. Um, and then I started to enjoy him. But the reason why I didn't like Michael Jordan uh, at the first part of his career is because I was a Celtics fan. And he made our life terrible. The guy just would not stop. And uh, I'd be watching him play against the Celtics on TV, and the Bostonian fans are so aggressive. And I remember one particular game, they were screaming. You could see the, the veins coming out of the fans' necks. They were screaming. You could see the little bag on the back of their throat screaming. And he went on to score 63 points. Do you know how frustrating it is to be screaming and you know those fans are slipping a few four-letter words in there. Screaming, 20,000 fans screaming. They do not like him and he rings up 63 points. In spite of all of the chatter and screaming and yelling, in spite of it all, he still rings up 63. I want to be, and I know you do too, at the end of our life we want to say, in spite of it all, in spite of all of the trials, in spite of all of the sorrows, and there were a lot. See, now, it's too early in the message for me to dip into this well, but my heart just got full, just... Because some of you have had a lot. A lot. You know, I preached at a youth conference one time, and I talked about sorrows, and I felt like I was not connecting to anybody. And then it dawned on me halfway through my sermon... They're too young. They're too young. 15, 16, 17 years old, they're too young. But when I stand here, you've lived enough life, I can feel it when I'm up here. You've, you've had your share of loss. Uh, but I'm not going to spend time on that. I'm just going to keep going. But I just want you to know, I, f I feel it. And so I want to use David as a case study. Because David found himself in trial, in sorrow, in trial, in sorrow, just one moment after the next. And he had this uh, formula of staying connected to strength. And he was incredibly fruitful he was the one that scored 63 points in the middle of adversity so let's dive straight into it uh, say ready if you're ready oh you sound good here we go first samuel chapter 22 
Verse 22. No, no, verse 1. Verse 1, sorry. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. And those who were in distress or in debt or discontented, it's kind of like this 3D group of people, distress, debt, discontented, gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 were with him. Now, it's fascinating here because David was anointed to be king. He was anointed to be the commander of the army. But the present king, King Saul, chased him down and tried to kill him. So he ran out, and he's hiding in this cave. Now, what I find so funny, um, I don't know if you've ever been here. Have you ever had a horrible day, and all you want to do is just be left alone? Have you ever been there? Just, look, just don't fix me. <laughs> don't make me feel better. I just want to be left alone. Come on, somebody. Help me out here. Have you been there? I, I started laughing in my office when I read this. Because here, David, he just wants to be left alone. And all of a sudden, can I come in? I'm in a cave, man. Like, Leave me alone 400 times. <laughs> David, are you in here? What? Dude, I lost everything too, man. <laughs> Can I just like hang out here for a while? 400 times. Hey, Dave. <laughs> My name's Ralph. Can I hang out? Fine, come on in. 400 times. Hey, Dave, uh, you mind if I just hang out? Well, I got somebody chasing me too. Can I just hang out with you? Fine, come on in. So now they're all looking to David as their leader. You are our leader. And David backs up. And now watch this. God anointed him to be the leader when he was 13. He backs up and says, now God, <laughs> I got a bunch of lame brains. This wasn't the army I was expecting. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like when I envisioned being the leader, I was supposed to have this sweet crown, bling, 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 chang, chang, bang, 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 and people. All I have are people who are in debt, discouraged, and discontented. It's the last D that rubs me. I can hang out with people who are in debt, my goodness. I can hang out with, it's the discontented. Those people, I don't like hanging out with discontented people. Discontented people are... If you're sitting next to somebody that's discontented, just pray for them. 
Just pray for them. It's like we all have problems, okay? We all have, we live in the world. We have trials and sorrows. But man, when you get somebody that just, do you work with anybody like that? Come on. Just like. So David's got a bunch of guys acting like four-year-old girls. You said you were going to be my best friend. I'm your best friend. David is backing up and he backs up and he says, God, this was not what I was anticipating. This, have you ever been there? This, hey, this isn't what I was planning on. I'm not going to come knock on your door and get specific, but I'm sure we've been there before. There's four points I want you to write down. Number one is cultivate. God will never give you anything in its finished state. David took these 400 in debt, depressed, discouraged, discontented men. He backs up and what we would see as 400 yapping, whining complainers, he looks out and says, I'm going to teach these men how to fight. I'm going I'm to teach these guys how to fight. There's something about taking, when, when God gets ready to bless you, he does not give you an oak tree. He gives you a seed for an oak tree. Nothing is ever in its finished state. Everything that you need to have, he gives it to you to cultivate it. He'll give you a marriage that needs cultivation. He'll give you a child. Well, we bless God, we already know that. I don't even need to preach about that. It needs to be cultivated. Every relationship he gives you, it has to be cultivated. When he gives you a talent, it has to be cultivated. But we've got to be able to back up and see what other people don't see. 400 men could not see it. David could see it. This is going to take some cultivating. David could have easily said, Get out of my cave! Go get your own cave! I picked this cave! When he backs up, you can't, we can't take all the people and all of our problems and push it out of our life. It's just not, it can't happen. We can't do that. You can't take all the annoying people in your life and push them out. You can't take all the debt in your life and just say, hey, I don't want this debt to be mine anymore. Okay, quit calling me. Bye-bye. Click. And the lady on the other end goes, okay. Highlight, copy, cut, paste, trash. They don't do that. And so what do we do with all of this stuff? We can't push them out. We can't cut and paste and trash. We, we back up. And point number two is we begin to pray. We just begin to pray. Now, for those of you that praying is just so intimidating, can, my son Luke 
said it the other day. I said, Luke, you pray so good. I'm just trying to encourage him. He's six. And he goes, Daddy, you can't mess up when you pray. Jeez. Throw me a bone, son. You can't mess up when you pray. Like, man, that's why Jesus says if you come to the kingdom as children, you will be great in the kingdom of God. Just whatever comes to your mind. Let me just say, if we're ever at the same lunch table and Luke is about to pray, your food's going to be cold. I'm just telling you. He prays about everything. Thank you for our dog, Bella. Thank you for trees. Oh, you've made this world so beautiful. I love you, Jesus. Thank you that Sissy shared her candy with me. It's just whatever comes to his mind. And I learn how to pray by listening to him. Point number one is cultivate. We can't push it out. Point number two is pray. This is what David did. David had 400 people in the cave. His family is in the cave. His brothers are in the cave. Which we don't know if that's a pro or a con. Don't you remember, for those of you that know the story, when David knocked down Goliath and he went over there to feed his brother's bread and his brothers looked at him and said, you little skinny punk, get out of here. This is a man's fight. You remember? Those are the brothers that are in the cave. If you ever, like, not wanted certain family members to show up to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just hypothetically, of course. They're in there. So now we got the in debt, the discontented, and my goodness, I got my brothers here. I was good with everybody else. <laughs> Just don't send my brothers in here. So he says to his mom and dad, he goes, hey, come here. And he goes down to a king down the road, and he says, Protect my parents as I go find out what the Lord has for me. So he's on the run. He's surrounded by discontented people. None of his plans, this is so big, I feel like this is a prophetic word for somebody. None of his plans are working out. None of them. Backs up. And he starts to pray. Now, a prophet walks up to David and says, David, you need to get out of that cave and go down to Judah. Get out of the cave. Point number three is move. You got to move. Now, if, if you're... It's embarrassing when you put my wife and me side by side. It's embarrassing. Because um, her stability, emotional stability, is like this. Here's mine. That's me. I am the woman in the family. I'm the woman. It's so embarrassing. 
My wife's a daughter of a handyman. She fixes things in my house. When the toilet doesn't work, Allie! It's so true, I wish she was here. She'd be laughing at me. If the air conditioning does, Allie! My kids go, call mommy. So embarrassing. She, does all, she knows all the numbers to the contractors. Okay, call, hey, our pipes are broken. Blah, 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 blah. She, hey, come, hey, can I speak to your wife, please? Yeah, hold on. Allie, it's embarrassing. Just, you know, Hurricane Katrina, or, or Rita was coming to town. I'm like, we gotta go, everybody in the car, we're driving to Michigan. She's like, Frankie, it's gonna be okay. It's like, we're like two hours away from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, and like I said, we're just going to stand our ground and hunker down. <laughs> she's, she's just steady. Steady. I've seen her in a bad mood like three times in 12 years. She's not normal. She's not normal. I'm just telling you. Ladies, don't get discouraged like, oh my gosh, she's like superwoman. I'm discouraged, all right? I'm, I don't like the fact that I'm... I can have a great morning, a horrible afternoon, and an outstanding evening. That's me. Is there anyone in my boat? Can you make me feel better? Thank you. I can just... I, I can... Someone can walk up to me and say, how was service? I can go, worship was awesome. I bombed on the offering verse. The, end, the first part of my message went great. The second part, stupid, stupid, stupid. But man, God pulled through at the end. <laughs> Just, I'm all over the map. Now, if you're in my boat, you'll connect to this. If you're in Allie's boat, just hold on for point number four and just skip point number three, okay? If you're in my boat, when things aren't going well, all of you emotional basket cases that are with me, thank you. We have caves. David's cave was the cave of Adalim. We don't have a cave called Adalim. We have things called movie theaters. We have things called the TV. Th have you ever been watching TV and not been watching TV? Like you're just staring right through the TV. You go through, you got like 600 channels. You remember the TVs where the top dial had to be on a U and the other ones were like two? <laughs> Do you remember those? I had a pair of pliers on our bottom one. The top wheel had to be on a U and then this one like click, 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 click. And you get like, you have to hold the antenna to get 13. I'm going to get out of the woodlands and go talk to somebody that's from my... <laughs> Just click, 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 click. It just, it, shake it, shake it. And then it's got squigglies like, I can still see. I just... <laughs> we, 
those are our caves now. Those are our caves. Food is our cave. Back to the TV thing. Those were like six channels. Now we have like 600. Have you ever watched all 600 channels in like 60 seconds? We're stuck. We are in the cave, man. Get it, cave, man? We are in the cave. We get up and we do what we have to do. Show up to work, good mood time, click, hey, get back in the car, five, back home, it's Sunday, yeah, right, when pigs fly, I'll be going to church, (laughs) on a very serious note, when you're discontented and You go into your cave and you know when you're there. You don't want to come out. You're not happy you're there. You're not happy about the situation that put you there. It wasn't your choice. Sometimes you get pushed into a cave. Sometimes you go to a cave because it's your only way of coping. I was talking to a single mother just this past week and she said, you know, I can do the whole day, get the kids ready, bring them to school, go to work, come home, do the dishes, do the cooking, do everything. I'm the mom and the dad. I can do the whole day. And then right before my day is over, I'll remember I'm supposed to take out the trash because tomorrow is trash day. And it's that one little tiny thing That just makes me have a breakdown. And I just break down over having to take out the trash. Because it was just the straw. It was just the straw. There's a weight that single people and single parents carry. The rest of us don't know. And when you go into a cave... Sometimes it's the only way of coping. David went in a cave. The strongest among us go into a cave. But there comes a time where you have to get out of the cave. Where you say, I've cried and I've hurt. I've been upset and I've been down. But the party, the pity party is over. It's over. Not that I'm done hurting, because I may hurt for the rest of my life. But the train is moving on. I'm getting out. You know where he went? To Judah. See, now I got chill bumps on my arms, because you know what Judah means? Praise. Which is point number four. He's got to get reconnected. It's almost like he had to shake himself. And just give me one minute, Isaiah. Just hold on. He had to shake himself. It's like he said, watch what he's saying here. My plan was to be the king of Israel. 
My plan was to have the army of Israel. My plan was to wear a crown. Now look at me. I'm running from my life. I'm in debt. I'm surrounded by people that are discontented. Things are not going my way. I'm sitting, I can't even complain by myself. I can't even sit in a cave by myself. Leave me alone. And now it's like, okay, come on. Leaves the cave, goes down to Judah. He comes back and he says in Psalms 34, it's right after. Don't turn there right now. Just write it on your notes. Read it when you get home. If you read Psalms 34, it's a journal entry of when David left the city before he got into the cave. And that city, the king was going to, as, as Abimelech, he was going to take him and kill him. So he started acting crazy, started acting like he was out of his mind. So Abimelech said, look, just let the guy go. He's out of his mind. He's at his lowest, lowest point. So when you read the caption above Psalms 34, it says this is the psalm that he wrote when he left Abimelech. So he's in the cave, and he's with these people. And this is what he says. He stands up and he goes, hey, hey, everybody, hey, all 400 of you, listen, hey, hey, listen to me. This is what we're going to do. I know we've lost everything. I know we're in debt. I know we're all running for our lives. But this is what we're going to do. And I'm just going to read verse 4. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. This is what we're going to do. I know we've lost it all, but we're going to worship him together. All of us, including you. Hey, get up. Hey, all of us. We're going to worship him together. I know you don't feel, you know what? I don't, I, I don't even care what we feel like. We're going to do it because we have got to do this. And they begin to worship God. Many of you know how the story ends. Many of those people, those guys in the 400, became his mighty men. One of them jumped into a pit on a snowy day and fought a lion and killed him. You can come on up, Isaiah. Jumped into the pit with a lion in the pit. Think about how stone cold you are when you see a lion in the pit and you jump in. I don't jump into the pit without a lion. If I see a lion at the zoo, I'm looking around to see is the gully between me and the lion far apart because I've watched the National Geographic channel. Those things can jump. This guy says, and jumps in. These guys, these mighty men of David that came out of the 400, that David cultivated their life, became mighty men. 
me just touch on that cultivation point. I know it was the first one, but just let me touch on it real quick. I was 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. And that's when I met my mother in the Lord, Jeannie Mayo. She spiritually adopted me and pointed my life straight. What's so interesting is my mom came to visit this past week, my, my birth, my, the mother that birthed me. She was here last Sunday. And she showed me a picture of me, my senior year picture. And I looked at it and I felt my stomach turn. Because I've got long hair. Of course, if I had like one inch of hair, it would be longer than what I have right now. But I had curly, gelled up hair. I had these hoop earrings. Big ones, like a pirate, these hoop earrings. And I'm looking into my eyes and I'm looking into my face and I'm holding the picture and my wife is sitting next to me. This is last Sunday night. She looks at the picture. She points at the picture. She goes, oh, I know guys like you. She goes, I would have never dated you. She goes, I know guys like you. I had friends who were guys like you, and I would never date them. And I'm looking at me, and I'm thinking, I was so not good I could see it it was like this slideshow in my head started I mean I had to put the picture away and then I meet this lady who was 52 at the time she's still in my life she says honey let's recalibrate the compass are pointing me right. Sometimes you got to see something. We're going to fix this thing. Can you, can you hear me say that? We're going to fix this thing. We're going to fix this thing. We're going to do it because we're going to cultivate it. We're not going to pitch it. We're going to cultivate. We're going to pray because you can't mess up when you're praying. We're going to move. Lastly, we worship. We worship. So I'm not really a good worshiper. You can't mess up. You can't mess up.